So practicing pre-socialization. You know, if you're someone sitting at your desk and somebody shows up and says, hey, I, maybe you're a finance manager. I've got a fintech startup. I think they're really cool. Maybe you should work with them. It's just like, I mean, you're coming out of outer space and dropping in on this person. They have no idea what to say to you. They're probably going to ignore you. Welcome to Inside Outside Innovation. Today's show is from our summit last summer. Carrie Davis, who is formerly with Coca-Cola and is now the founder of Your Ideas Are Terrible, gave a talk where she shared the top 10 things she and her co-founder, Shane Reeser, have learned from their work with corporations and startups. New technologies, markets, and methodologies are changing the way people create value. Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that brings together the best and brightest in the world of innovation, tackling these challenging problems. For more information, visit next.co. That's nxxt.co. So today I'm going to tell you a story about a project that uh, we've been working on at Your Ideas Are Terrible called Bridge Community. And it's all about how corporations and startups are actually working together. So how they're really getting commercial deals done. So uh, after working at Coke on in that role for a few years, I think I made it three years, uh, I founded Your Ideas Are Terrible with Shane, and we started doing very similar things with other corporations. And what we really like to focus on is that you know, the, the hard stuff like the interviewing, the empathy interviews, they're very difficult to master. We focus a lot on helping people recognize where their cognitive biases are. Really what's led us to the name of our company, because if you go in starting projects like this thinking that your idea is great, that's really the worst thing you could possibly do. So it is tongue-in-cheek, and it's to help you. Um, so here's where our story begins. At Coca-Cola a few years ago, uh, the, the IT innovation group, I think, was formed. So they hired a guy who was chief information architect and innovation, something like that. He lived in Silicon Valley. And he said, you know, how can we better serve the business? IT's got a bad rap around here. Um, we need to get better at bringing solutions to our clients within the business as opposed to being seen as people who always say no or who make things go slow. We need to be working on, you know, what are those emerging technology spaces? We need first mover advantage. And him being in Silicon Valley, he's like, how about startups, right? And that was his background anyway. So that was the idea, startups. They didn't know exactly what that meant. So this led them to kind of a winding path. They went to Tel Aviv, startup nation. They went there actually because they felt like Silicon Valley was too high profile. And if we screw this up, everybody will know. So let's go to Tel Aviv instead. They went to Tel Aviv, a very developed startup ecosystem, and said, this is kind of what we want to do. What do you guys think? They talked to the startup community there. And the startup community there luckily said, please don't build another accelerator. We have enough startups here, please do not do that. Which is good news for them because they didn't really have the money to, um, to do that anyway. So investing in some of these big accelerators is pretty expensive. Um, not sure what the ROI was, what they were gonna deliver back. So they, uh, they said, don't do that. Um, we don't need another accelerator, we need access to your company. Uh, I wasn't there, but I think they might have also said that matchmaking 
only goes so far. So that's nice too, but not quite getting us there. And then mentors are great, but they're not our customers either. So how do we get to talk to the customers in your company that are going to help our businesses grow and so that we can bring you our new technology solutions that'll be, you know, help you grow. So what Coke did, they launched a program called The Bridge and we were called, I guess a couple years later, so they launched it in Tel Aviv and then Coke called us and said, we want to do something similar in Atlanta. We know Atlanta isn't an evolved startup ecosystem. It's emerging. It's not fully developed. We think maybe it'll have to look a little bit different. We're not going to give you anything. We want you to recreate it in the way that makes the most sense. So that was exciting to us because clean slate, also a little unnerving. Like, I mean, have you even figured it out? Maybe not. So. A couple reasons why that was exciting, because in the work that we do, we like for people to certainly go figure out, is there an idea that you should be pursuing? Um, after validating that, there's some options. There's different paths that you could take. So you could build it yourself. You could invest in another company that's doing that. You could buy a company that's doing that. Or you could actually become a customer of a startup that's already doing that. That's a pretty short route if you can figure that out. Um, we also, we wanted to get into the weeds, so it was exciting to us to kind of think about these two sides of the table, what's preventing them from working together, looking at each one of them as a customer of the other, where are they getting in the way of themselves. Um, so we spent the last couple of years doing just that, sitting in on the meetings on both sides, you know, understanding where the challenges are, are happening, and then creating what we feel is is kind of a better path to making deals happen. So we're going to share with you today 10 lessons that we've learned. Just to give you some idea of what the structure actually is in Atlanta, the Bridge Community is a program that has these member corporations that have paid a nominal amount of money to, to fund operations of the program. There are 22 startups in the program that we have recruit. So we go and we recruit all the startups. We recruit startups to apply and the corporations then help decide which startups are going to be in this program that lasts seven months. Currently there are 22 startups in the 2017 program. There is no money given to the startups and there's no equity taken from the startups. We train both sides of the table. So we give the startups training in storytelling, sales and negotiation, how to design a pilot. Uh, we give the corporations, we actually take a subset of people at the corporation and help train them on how to find the, um, the unmet needs inside of the organization so that they can help us figure out the startups that we need to go and recruit and find for the program. Uh, and also how to help each side talk to each other better. So here's the, the 10 things that we have learned. So practicing pre-socialization, I was glad to see that socialize was one of the buzzwords. And I'm going, I'm going even further with pre-socialization. Um, one thing that we recognized was, you know, if you are someone sitting at your desk and somebody shows up and says, hey, I, maybe you're a finance manager. I've got a fintech startup. I think they're really cool. Maybe you should work with them. It's just like, I mean, you're coming out of outer space and dropping in on this person. They have no idea what to say to you. They're probably going to ignore you. So instead, we have trained, um, or we found these people, we call them liaisons, at each of the corporations. And their job really is in, in, Jan is in January, um, when the program kind of kicks off, we're, we're getting started recruiting. They go and they kind of canvas the business. They talk to people in strategy, like what are the big initiatives that are happening? They talk to people in different departments. Really cool if we'll have like a broad 
uh, idea of all parts of the business. So we had a guy who would worked in audit, and he just used to bounce around to all different parts of the business, auditing them. But he knows now like what all the different parts of the business are. This is Cox, which is a huge company. And they have so many different divisions. Most people there don't even know what the other ones do. Um, so having a person like that to go and find what are the challenges that people are having, and we actually give them a script. One thing that someone can say to um, their people that they're, they're trying to figure out what are your needs is, um, what's the thing that you would do this year if you could extend your team? Or what's the thing that you haven't figured out yet that you think is a big opportunity? So these are things that got people's minds going, like, well, if I had, a, you know, if I had more people on my team, we'd go really deep into this space, or we cannot crack this. So those were the inputs that we used to go and recruit startups. It's really important, though, so when you come back with all these startups, it's not a big shock to anybody sitting at their desk, and they're like, yes, thank you. This is exactly what I was looking for. Another thing that's important, though, before that happens is you need senior leadership to legitimize it. I've definitely heard this a lot. It's a big theme. Um, you need senior-level support, C-level support, CEO. So this, um, this is one example here. This is the, this, he'll, I think he'll be the CEO of Cox next year or the next couple of years. Um, he is on a local tech blog, or the largest tech blog in the Southeast, actually, talking about how Cox is using it, using the startup ecosystem and dipping into the startup ecosystem to drive innovation at their company. And they're doing a lot of things. They're also a sponsor of Techstars Atlanta, but the Bridge community was a big part of this article too. Going outside and talking about stuff is really exciting for internal people, but also just talking to them internally and saying, we want you to work with startups. We're gonna give you the tools to do it. It's okay, don't be afraid. People will then feel like they have permission. Otherwise, it is seen as a risk to them. I mean, it's like, I'm just going to go call the same agency that I always call because this is my job, this is my bonus. But if I hear the CEO saying, we really need you to do that, it's part of our strategy, then that changes their mind a little bit about how to operate, especially if you're giving them tools and you're putting startups in front of them. Um, but also work from the bottom up. So we, we sat in a lot of meetings with startups and corporate uh, teams, and we understand now that um, the dynamics in there can be kind of weird. So um, what we like to do here is kind of pre-set up this whole situation. So if you look at this image, there's, um, there's a startup in the room. There are people from the weather company in the room, three people. Shane's in the room too. He's kind of looking on. But what has happened before is, uh, is what's more important here. So before this meeting even happens, this is the first time these people have sat down together. We have trained the startup in um, storytelling and sales and negotiation and how to design a pilot. We've also um, given them an overview of the weather company. So the weather company has talked directly to this startup and said, this is our business. And they've also said, there is a specific team that does this that we want you to talk to. The startup has then taken that information and created a one-pager that says, this is why I think my startup can help you. Then they have a meeting. And so the meeting isn't the startup pitching and uh, the corporate people kind of leaning back and listening. It's everybody saying, all right, let's, let's check out a demo. Let's see what we can do. Let's put our heads together. This is how you could help our business. And the next step is a pilot, right? Like if there's an opportunity there, it's much faster to pilot. And that's, it is a lot of work up front, absolutely. But that's why I think people aren't putting that time in to figure all that stuff out because it, it takes a lot of effort. But we feel like we've kind of streamlined it now and especially that we, ha we have all these people kind of in the same, going in the same direction. We've got more of a routine and a rhythm going, so it's working out. 
The next thing, reduce the friction. Um, this is us just writing things down and giving people as many tools as possible. So here's the email that you can send to senior leadership that um, has the, the text in it that they should say to their organization. Or this is the, the words you should say when you're talking to people and asking them to meet with startups. Writing it all down, we're constantly capturing the best practices across all of the teams. We're also bringing them together um, pretty frequently to talk about kind of, this, this is what happened to us on um, our Sponsor Connect Day. We had a couple startups do this, or this is what our corporate teams were doing. Sharing what they're learning, um, it's a big opportunity for them to then do better next time, right? Um, Co-learning. Another thing that we noticed the first year was that there was a lot of startups going in and just pitching, because that's what they've been trained to do. The VC model kind of is, yeah, I'm supposed to get up and pitch, I've got to convince you to give me money. Um, and that is, is pretty unproductive in this situation because they're going in and talking to somebody that they actually could learn a lot from and they really need to learn a lot from, but they're not asking any questions. Um, and I, I remember uh, one of the first meetings I went to, there was a, a startup, and they, they started going through their slides. And you know the people in the room were asking questions, and they would answer them, but they wouldn't ask any questions back. And then when you know things kind of died down for a second, they were just like, so back to our slides, you know, and, and they just like, it's autopilot, I've got a pitch. Um, so we help both sides understand this is when they actually get together and meet. It's not about pitching, it's about asking questions, it's not about leaning back and listening to the startup tell you about a, a new technology. Um, we are getting, we're rolling up our sleeves and going to get something done here. Next thing is the stage of the startup that we bring into the program is pretty important. Um, we've made, we made the mistake last year that we had a couple of startups that were just too early. They didn't have anything that you could actually pilot. The, the corporation, you know, was, was kind of just mentoring them, like, hey, this sounds cool. Let us know when you've got something that we could actually use in our business. So, you know, I think eventually that will, you know, now they've made the connection a few years from now, hopefully something will come of that. Um, but we also know that um, if you're too late, they're, you're not getting that first mover advantage, which was one of the reasons why the program was created in the first place. There is a startup in the program right now that was trying to get in one of the corporations and they were like, you know what, we, we've already got a person, we've already got a team that's actually doing that. So it's too late. That company was definitely the biggest team, the biggest startup that we brought into the, to the, um, to the Bridge community this year. So that was another lesson learned. Ideally, it's a startup that does have a product. They validated their business model uh, and they probably have a couple of customers. That's really the sweet spot for us. Building empathy on both sides. So I've touched on this a little bit, but you know, uh, oh, and, and Chris yesterday, if you guys caught her talk, she was the dancing elephant talk. Recognizing that those things are true is really important. So, so corporations definitely move slower, of course, but we are working with the corporations to give them more concrete advice, which is if there isn't an opportunity, just say no. Also, don't, don't pretend that you're going to do a pilot or don't even do a pilot. That's, you're really not planning to do anything else. Well, this is not a charity organization. This is real business here. So um, get to know faster. Don't ask for free pilots. We're coaching the corporate teams to actually make it better for the startups. But on the same side of the, the, uh, the table, whatever, uh, the startups do have to acknowledge that you know, you're, you're working with a team, but they may have a lot of other stakeholders. Um, maybe they can't get a yes instantly, but if it is a no, hopefully we can give you a no faster. 
Um, oh, and here's another huge one. So there are certainly a lot of other people that can make or break a startup getting through an organization. So uh, we've called these people catalysts instead of blockers. So people who are in IT security, legal, procurement, they tend to want to say, you know, we can't work with a company like that, or you have to use the process that we already have, which is maybe a 50-page contract and is going to kill everybody. Um, we actually had a little bit of a horror story the first year that a, a startup ended up racking up $10,000 in legal fees trying to work through a contract that one of the corporations had given them. It was kind of off our radar, but you hear about that after and you're like, oh my god, this is terrible. This is a terrible story. So let's fix that. So what we have now, we have a two-page evaluation agreement is what we call it. And the language is really important too. So it's not, you know, you're not doing an implementation. You're evaluating whether or not this technology is something that you do want to use across your business, but you're doing it on a small scale. So evaluation agreement is, is something that we give to all the corporations. And then uh, we also have, uh, you can call it a sidecar procurement process. Again, you're doing research. You're not implementing something. So we found that just changing the language helps the people that we're calling the catalysts work through this a little bit better. And we're also, we've also found that embracing them earlier and bringing them into a conversation and having them, giving them the opportunity, let's say, to become the people who figure this out, it's kind of a feather in their cap. So you can put bridge liaison catalysts on your LinkedIn profile. You are a person in your organization that knows how to help the business be innovative and work with startups. That's a skill that's going to be useful uh, as, you, as you, you may recognize. There are a lot of corporations here that are trying to work with startups. So um, getting them on board is, is a lot easier. Art of the pilot. So I mentioned we, we had a half-day training course on how to design a pilot for a corporation, which was fantastic. Something that just on a very basic level that we've seen is you know, designing pilots that are just one to three months is important. Um, don't try to define a two-year pilot because that you're going to kind of disrupt all of the systems that have been put in place to make this easier. So creating small pilots. On the corporate side and the startup side, another important thing to do is um, have a trigger that if you define, you must define very good metrics for your pilot. And if you hit all those metrics, something will instantly happen. So if you do hit them and they're great, the pilot will keep going. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to go through another cycle of let's make a new contract, let's figure out what we're going to do next. Um, that's a pretty critical thing, I think, because um, it, it's all how you design it and to, it makes, you know, makes things smoother along the way. Peer-to-peer -peer learning is also, uh, it sounds pretty buzzwordy, um, but these corporate teams uh, have, have all ad admitted, you know, I, a couple of them joined the program to learn how other corporations are doing this. Um, and being able to have this network of people, because as, as many of the people who are at corporations probably have experienced, it's a pretty lonely game. If you're the person who's trying to make something like this happen in your organization, you're kind of a, a lone wolf sometimes. So being able to connect with people who are doing this at other companies and learn what's working for them and uh, you know the troubles that they're having and the successes that they're having is very useful. That wraps up another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks for listening. Come back next week to hear from Tom Lockwood and Edgar Papke who use design thinking and leadership psychology to help large enterprises move forward. Until next time, go out and innovate.